Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It is NHL Draft Week, and we are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But don't forget, with that $50 or more first-time deposit, you also get that free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our awesome web content. You'll get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker and all that great stuff. Join points bet. Use that code CHGO. Do it. I'm gonna try to point like Mario. It's over there. It's over there. On the YouTubes. There you go. You see it. You got it. All right. So it's draft week. This is kind of what we've been building to uh since the Hawks season ended. <laughs> we've been talking a lot about what's going to happen this week. Will Alex DeBrinkett be traded? Will the Hawks get into the first round? If they don't, who are they gonna take? Who are they targeting? I thought a good idea today because we've got that little bit of a lull before the draft, would be to sort of evaluate what pieces the Hawks have. If they do want to trade into the first round or want to add more assets in the draft, what sort of pieces they have and where uh, they might end up going. And before we do that, we should probably update everybody. The Alex Debrinkit news is constantly moving. It's constantly changing. And the latest we have, as far as 25 seconds ago, uh, came from Elliot Friedman this morning on the 32 Thoughts podcast. There was a lot of smoke around the Flyers and the fifth overall pick. But at this point, it seems like that is sort of off the table. They don't want to give up the fifth overall pick for Alex Dabrinkit. They're looking for someone who's got a little more long-term contract control, which I found a bit odd because he's got two years of control left, and they can obviously just re-sign him long-term once they trade for him. Uh, but it seems like that fifth pick is off the table. And for me, bye-bye. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> for me, the fifth pick isn't enough. Yep. Sounds yeah, like so. Alex it will not be eating cheesesteaks anytime soon. <laughs> if I'm Kyle Davidson and the Flyers say, I don't want to give up the fifth pick, click. Cool. Done. Yeah. Moving on. That's it. I love cheesesteaks, though. That's I mean, it. We're getting cheesesteaks. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, who's got the yeah. best one in Philly? That's the question. It's not well. Chip. Alex Debrinkit doesn't seem like he'll know that answer. Not Geno's. It's not Pat's. Those are those are the tourist traps. I've never been to Philly. I have no desire to be. Jim's steaks. Oh my God. All right. Well, I'll t- I'll trust mm. you, Lawrence. You are our food. Even in Philadelphia, I you got are a spot the for you it. are the skinniest food guru I've ever <laughs> met in my life. How I'm long will the DoorDash from Philly take to get here, and where will they leave it? Yes. Yeah, I don't have confidence. That <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume place. Pat and Gino's is kind of like the uh, like Giordano's and Lou Malnati's of Chicago pizza. It's where the tourists go. Yeah. Don't yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You got you got to go to you got to ask someone from Philly. So I'll say this: the the first time I was in Philly, I'm going to pop myself on screen so people know who the hell's talking. Hi. Uh, the first time I was in Philly was in 2000. We were on a baseball tour. We weren't going to a Phillies game, they weren't in town. We were going from New York to Baltimore, on, and we're like, okay, let's stop in Philly, it's on the way. And so we ended up going to a cop on the street, and we're like, hey, where should we get cheesesteaks? This is you know, kind of pre-internet, really, sort of. And so we ended up going, he's like, ah, go to, go to Pat's or Gino's on 9th and Wharton. And I'm like, okay, so I did the tourist thing then, and it was good, but then I, recently worked with someone who was from Philly and she's like, no, you got to go to Jim's or D'Alessandro's. And so the did next, they, did next they time use, I went to Did they gyms, use the cheese whiz? Got to go whiz. Whiz wit, man. Got to okay. go whiz wit. Yeah. All right. Well, noted for the next time yes. the Hawks and Flyers meet in the cup final. Uh, Jim's. <laughs> 
How about we just shirt? get cheese sticks ordered in on Friday during our live draft or, or Thursday? That sounds idea. great. Hawks and Flyers in the Stanley Cup final may never happen again. Yeah, probably so won't happen again. I, I, I do want to eat a cheese steak before cheese I steaks. die. Yeah, you know, I, no arguments for me on <laughs> any sort of food order on Friday. We're, I'm down for that. Narfin26 says the best cheese steak he had was at the airport terminal in Philadelphia. I mean, that's interesting. Um, Okay, uh, you know, I, I mean, at, you know, at O'Hare we got Rick Bayless has a spot. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not unheard of. It's probably the last thing I would want to eat before getting on an airplane, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, or would you be one of those people who brings it on the airplane and then just oh, smells up the, the whole worst. cabin? Oof, Oof. yeah, those people are the worst. The, 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 like, yeah, Some stinky food and Don't crying be that babies. Person. Leave them at home. Yeah, well, you know, the crying babies thing. Hey, come on, you know, sometimes that just has to happen. You know, parents got to travel do it too. On my plane. Okay. Get off my Get plane, off my plane. <laughs> says Greg. Anyway, back to the uh, Blackhawks. All right, Blackhawks. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't mean to derail all of our tremendous conversations right now, <laughs> um, but I, I, I did want to um, speak about uh, Highland Park. I think we were. Yeah, I think we were going to plan on uh, addressing that. As seems like we have to every time this happens. Um, Maybe having a pre-recorded statement would be yeah. would be good at this time. It's but, our um, fourth time since we launched in March. We've had to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, we will. Sorry, <laughs> apologize for breaking up the, uh, the the conversation here. We're gonna we're gonna get into the hockey and, and Alex to bring it and everything. But um, uh, if you missed the news, I don't know how that would have been possible. But um, you know, Fourth uh, of July parade um, yesterday in Highland Park was the scene of the latest uh, mass shooting in the United States. Um, obviously, Highland Park is not Chicago, but close enough. Um, I think we're all pretty, uh, have some connections to Highland Park in, in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, my, my wife and I know people who live in Highland Park. Um, I worked in Highland Park for, uh, for some time, and... Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know what more to say that hasn't been said for decades about these things when they happen, these shootings. And um, we, we were talking about it, you know, before the show. And it's, it's just another instance of remind, a reminder that nothing is seemingly safe. No, really, you can't really go anywhere without this this being a real threat. And um, I'm trying to uh, pick my words carefully here, but um, a fucking Fourth of July parade with police everywhere, everywhere, heavily and armed. What is, what is safety in this country anymore? I, d- I don't know what it is. And how about how about this? Instead of what is safety, what is freedom? Right. right. We're, we're worried about protecting the freedoms of people that want to own guns and w- for whatever reason. Fine. But like what about people's freedom to go celebrate the nation's independence and that freedom? They're not free to be there. No. They got to sit there in fear. You look at the pictures of strollers and kids shoes and, and camp chairs just abandoned on the parade route in Highland Park and, uh, you know, blood running through the streets because, you know, we can't and look like I don't. This could be a whole show, and I don't want it to be. But like, you know, everyone's like, "You can't take away my guns." No one is saying that. No one is saying we're coming to confiscate your guns. We're coming around you. No, 
We just want to make it a little bit more difficult to get one than walking into the damn store and saying, I'll take that AR-15, please. Here you go, son. Enjoy. In a few years, you'll be able to drink a beer. In the meantime, go kill Bambi with a machine gun. What the hell are we doing here? Like, come on. Like, uh, um, uh, Liam Hendricks said it perfectly. He's like, I had to come to America and take a driving test. But I, I had I, I can walk into a store and buy a gun. Like, it's it's from just, Australia. If for those who don't it's know, it's just Hendrix, ridiculous. Yeah. Like you are buying a and people are like, well, car accidents happen. You don't ban cars. That's not their primary function. Yeah, but you also have to have a license and insurance to drive a yes. car. Maybe we the need reason to do that. that they were able to identify who the shooter was was because of the of the car that he was registered to for and had a license plate. Right. Imagine if we had if if they could do that. For guns being purchased, imagine what 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 it, things could be could be done. It's just so common sense. Yeah, it's so we, common we, sense. At, at some point, we need to get over the gun fetish in this. Country. And guess what? It's what most of the country wants to happen. Well, yeah. once again, we are kowtowing to the very vocal minority to keep them pleased or whatever. And of course, what it is is we need massive campaign reform because you have the NRA funding many many politicians. And that just should not, it just should, and for both sides, mm-hmm. corporations should not be able to fund elections. No. It's not what it, it's not what it should be about, but that, that'll never change. My, my, that, that's the frustration. I'm sorry, Greg. Yeah, no. The frustration is just that nothing will ever change. This will just keep happening and we'll just get numb to it. And this is just part of life in America. What is more American than a mass shooting on the 4th of July? Mm-hmm. Nothing. That's what we are. At. That's it. That's at. what America is. So it's where we're go. at. We're living in a society where we're all, uh, Assault rifles have more rights than the majority of the citizens living in it. It's been so a, it's, it's frustrating. It's angry. Yes, we're going to get back to talking to hockey. Like, listen, sorry. I know this is supposed to be sports, but this is shit that keeps on happening and affects all of us. And I'm sorry. Yes, sports is supposed to be where you take a break from things. And I don't want to talk about this stuff anymore on a sports broadcast. I, I, I yeah. really want to talk about hockey to get away from this. I understand that. But we can't ignore it. We can't keep glossing over and saying, oh, well, I'll go watch sports and forget about it. Because you know what? It's only a matter of time before you're watching sports and some maniac with a gun splatters your brains all over Section 310. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's enough is enough. I'm tired of having these conversations. I'm sure in another two days we're going to have another one. Yep, there was another one last night. It's 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 two police officers. I'm were tired of talking about it. It's time for us to get some change, some real leadership that's actually going to do something about it. And until that happens, we're just going to have to keep talking about this on sports broadcast on sports podcast. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, there. Um, I put it on my my Twitter um, before the show today at Mario underscore Turbasi. There is a GoFundMe for the victims and those affected by the Highland Park shooting. If you feel inclined uh, enough, please go and donate there. Um, Yeah, I I don't want to continue to harp on our politicians and legislation and everything about guns, but I just, um, yeah, I just, my heart goes out to those who were affected, um, who were there, um, those injured, and... um, and, and to, uh, as well, to the people who had to step in and, and help on a day where maybe they didn't expect that. No. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I have 
uh, yeah. What struck me is the stories of the children who have gone through what my daughter calls stranger in the building drills, helping adults execute an escape plan and how to handle a shooter. The children are teaching the adults, oh, this is what we learned in school. We know how to handle this. We've been trained for this. What? Yeah. What the hell? Like, st- take a step back. Inter- uh, Nate in the chat says, I'm a gun owner and I want more gun control. Again, you want to have a pistol in your house to protect your family? Cool. You want to go hunt? Awesome. Like, that's fine. But just, there it, there should be a, 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 a waiting period and an application and insurance and all these things. It is so common sense. It is so common sense and... It's what I, most people want. I look for my final thought, and we'll get to hockey. Yeah. I look forward to uh, seeing legislation passed on better parade safety. Because that's, we're going to blame, I don't know, too yeah. many doors at the parade, something yeah. like that. Too many, uh, just like they got rid of airplane, you had to take your shoes off now in an airplane. Because one time a uh, shoe bomber was on a plane. They immediately adjusted that policy. Yep. Immediately, because of one time. Yep. And that's what Liam Hendricks said yesterday. There was one mass shooting in in, uh, Australia. They said, that can't happen again. Buyback program, restrictions, all these sort of things, and it hasn't happened since. It's an easy solution. We just don't want to do it. I just don't understand why it's so important to people. Like, Like Nate says, he's a gun owner. I'm sure Nate would be happy to go apply or pay for insurance to to keep it. Fine. You can't just have random pissed off teenager walking into a gun shop and i don't know i have not seen the news on how he acquired the gun but just in general your your average angry young man walking into a gun shop and buying a a semi-automatic rifle walmart well yeah exactly don't have to go to gun shop how like how i even like a couple weeks ago i went to ace and i needed a a knife like a like a utility knife and even buying a knife i'm like do you have any questions like, I can just buy this knife. It's no problem. I'm 44 years old, and I bought a knife, like a hunting knife. I'm like, I can just do that? They're like, yeah, just whichever one you want. Bigger, sharper, the better. Like, okay. Yep. Anyway. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the frustrating thing is I get, we got home from our 4th of July party last night, and I just looked at my wife and said, I don't even know. It feels so hopeless. Like, nothing will ever change. Like, what's it going to take? Like, what's the number? 100, 150, 200, 500, 1,000 people in a singular event for them to be like, okay, well, yeah, now that was enough. That's the, that's the limit of what we're willing to tolerate. There is no limit because it's all driven by money and greed, and it is what it is. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's uh, digest that a little bit, and we'll get to the hockey here. Want to remind everybody the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But remember that fifty dollars or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which gets you all of our great web content and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker. So two grand in free bets a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it's just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team's primed for a comeback, bet along during the game. It is so fun. It is the best way to wager. 
more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the action all game long. Download the app right now, the PointsBet app, and use that code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right. Oh, was that my cue? No, it's it's all right. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, do your thing, man. <laughs> yeah, here, here. We're also brought to you by uh, Athletic Greens uh, and their AG1 product. It's a formula designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. Just one scoop of AG1, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And if you have different dietary restrictions with AG1, you're good to go, whether it's keto, paleo, dairy-free, whatever it is. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it'll, it'll fit into that diet. Easy to incorporate into your life with no matter how busy you might be, a small once a day habit with big benefits. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every day. That's all you need. No need for a diff- million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. That's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. All right, let's get so, to hockey. Ready? Let's, let's get to the old puckaroo, shall we? Um, we started the show discussing uh, Elliot Friedman's latest report that the um, fifth pick for Philly is off the table for Alex Dabrinkit. Um, so for me... With this draft in particular, and we've sort of said this all along, I'm it's kind of top three or bust for me at this point. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not really interested in like at least for Debrinket, just to be clear, um, I'm not really interested in seven or nine or or whatever else. I think in a draft that is not quite as not nearly as heavy as next year's in terms of quality, uh, you're not going to get really a franchise changing player potentially except for that top three, you know, Cooley, Wright, and Slavkowski. Yeah, 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 and to me, that's where the conversation for Debrinkit starts and ends. And look, if they don't trade Alex Debrinkit, you still have Alex Debrinkit on your team, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. There's no one sort of poo-pooing that. But I think as we're sort of evaluating the draft pieces, Debrinkit does remain uh, the most valuable. And I'm curious what you guys think. When you heard five in Philly, did that even pique your interest a little bit? A little bit, but it would have to include um... – their top prospects you're yeah. talking about cam york bobby brink morgan frost like th- those are the top prospects that you have to throw in with the fifth overall pick if they don't want to give the fifth overall pick then i'm saying okay next year's first first round pick from you guys and all three of those players and if they don't want to do that then fine then then the deal's off and and yeah i, I think when you when you look at the teams that have been connected outside of the the top five top four um, you know, Ottawa was was mentioned and uh, previously, and I think people had, had thought maybe Detroit might have been a fit, but I, I don't see that being being the case. But you know, with, with with Ottawa, it would have to be you know the seventh overall pick, and you're looking at two of their three top prospects. And I just think I think teams are less likely, uh, less willing to give up some like top proven prospects than maybe they are a, a first round pick, especially one that high. But I think if you're not getting a pick like that, 
then you have to go after the prospect system. And if teams aren't willing to do that, then, like you said, the alternative is you keep Alex Dabrinkit, you sign him to a, a lengthy extension, and you use him as a as a rebuilding building block. And and for a team that may not have a lot of those, like the Blackhawks, they might not have a lot of those in their uh, in the fold to start the rebuild. Depending on what happens with you know a guy like Patrick Kane, um, he's he's a good one to have, and a person who could be a future captain, uh, who can be the face of a franchise, who can do a lot of marketing and still sell you some tickets while you're you know losing games. Um, yeah, that's it's it's not a bad alternate. Yeah, um, to bring it Philly, it starts with that fifth overall pick, and if they're not if they're not interested in moving that, then the conversation pretty much ends for me. Sure, they can do uh, you know all those prospects, but you got to get. How about Eric Lindros, circa nineteen ninety two? Yeah, throw him in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But but if there was an automatic cure for concussions that well, comes Scott with Stevens it, too. Isn't, well, yeah. Scott Stevens' 92 is not in the league anymore. So. Yeah, this right, is true. Right. Yeah, this is true. Um, yeah, I just, the Brinkett, yeah, I need that top pick this year or a first-round pick next year. If you can get three first-round picks in next year's draft, including maybe one of the top three and then two others, because you got that Tampa pick, that's pretty good. Um, but you just can't move to Brinkett for the sake of moving to Brinkett. And I don't think that's happening. If he's, if the report last week that he, he turned down two first round picks, including a high one this year, and he's not willing to talk to Philly if they're not including a top five pick this year, then I don't get the sense he's trading him just. No, to he's trade not going to. He said it. No. He's and not panicking. He's I'm, not I'm okay with anything. this. Uh, and Brandon has a, has a super chat here. Yep. Uh, the more these rumors go around, less likely I think it happens. Uh, think you need to get in the first any means possible murphy we're going to get into uh other trade chips so yeah thank uh, you brandon th- thank you yeah, for thank the, you very for much the for the super chat, chat. appreciate and the, it. the uh donation there but yeah i don't know if the hawks have another guy necessarily to get a first round pick but we're going to dive deeper into that so you know I, I still keep going to new jersey yeah, it just, it just makes so much sense. New Jersey seems to be the thing. The number two pick, one of their top prospects, and maybe, you know, another lower-tier prospect or another pick in next year's draft or even this year's draft, that seems to maybe get it done a little better. You know, the idea of a Shane Wright and a Logan Cooley or Slapkowski, depending on who goes first, any one of those three guys, and then removing Alex Dabrinkit from the fold this year all gets your chances of getting one of those top yeah. three guys next year a whole lot better. So you get one of the top three guys this year, one of the top three guys next year, possibly even number one in Connor Bedard. Yeah, yeah, do it. Well, and I wonder too what the with without Shane Wright being the slam dunk number one pick. I wonder if New Jersey maybe plays their cards and says, "Hey, we might have Montreal go off, you know, go off and get Yuri Slavkovsky, and we might end up with Shane Wright instead of." having to pick between Slavkovsky or Cooley or they go Cooley and we could go, Oh, we can get Slavkovsky or right. Like it's, it's, it's too wide. I think the first pick being this wide open yeah. may lead the devils to being like, Oh, maybe we do hold on to it. Hold, you know, we'll see what happens kind of thing. Well, on the same token too, the devils might say, all right, let's see what happens. We're willing to trade too, but not if Shane Wright's on the board. Right. So if Montreal tr- picks Shane Wright, then the Devils could pick up the phone and talk to Kyle Davidson and say, okay, let's do this. Here's the, you know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. They might wait to see how the number one pick falls 
or maybe they want whoever it might be. Maybe it's Cooley. Maybe it's whatever. Whoever the Devils deem is their most desirable pick. If that's off the board when they pick, maybe they say, okay, well, look, now we can't get Wright or Cooley or whoever. So now we're willing to trade number two. That's a possibility. That's why you get, what is it, eight, ten minutes between picks in the first round, whatever it might be. In the first, yeah. um, you get time to say, okay, well, this just happened. Now let's make a phone call and see if we can execute this trade. And maybe the Hawks say, you know what? Uh, you know, Cooley was taken number one by Montreal. That's the guy we were targeting. Nah, we're not interested in making the deal anymore. Who knows? That's, I mean, there's so many moving parts. It doesn't necessarily have to be done the moment the draft kicks off or before, like the Seth Jones trade happened. Mm-hmm. A lot of things can happen at one and two and three. Like this, this thing is completely up the, you know, uh, is just completely up for grabs in the first round. I, I will say Darren Dreger, uh, no, not Darren Dreger. Who does 32 Thoughts? Friedman. Elliot Friedman. Friedman. But who's his co host? Jeff Merrick. Merrick, thank yeah. you. Jeff Merrick thinks that, um, that Wright will go number one overall after all. I think it's still, this, I, I think signs still point to Shane Wright, but just a lot of chatter of potentially not. It, not being that way, that that surefire is, I don't know. It's interesting, and and it makes makes me wonder if yeah, if that if the Devils are kind of waiting to see how uh, how things shake out with the first overall pick. Uh, Brandon with another five dollar super chat. Hey, Congrats Brandon. on the lottery win, Brandon. Thank Appreciate you that very much. Uh, a weaker class does quantity of pick matter for Chicago? More chances to pick. I I, I think so. And as we get into the conversation about some of the draft pieces here, I do think they'll be looking to add multiple picks. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, look, basically, the, the argument against trading to Brinkett, especially even in the top three, rather, is like, look, every pick is a question mark. Kirby mm-hmm. Doc was number three, and we still don't know what we have in Kirby Doc. Right. Brinkett's a sure thing. So, yeah, the more, you know, the more lottery tickets you have, right. Brandon, you know better than anybody. The more lottery tickets you buy, <laughs> the better shot you have at getting a quality player. And, yeah, I, I think definitely uh, Kyle Davidson is looking to add. He said as much. I want to add future assets, be it prospects or picks. And those assets, look, if he adds two second-round picks in next year's draft this year, maybe they want to trade up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe they get number two overall in the, uh, in the lottery, and they say, well, we'll give you a, another first to get up to number one. Okay. You know what I mean? Like right. the more you have to work with, the more possibilities yeah. become available for and, you. And we were told by, by Chris Peters when we had him on the show that this draft class, while it's not as top heavy as next year's draft class is, is, is looking to be, this year's draft class, there's really a lot of quality players that you can find in those middle Later rounds. rounds. Yep. And the Blackhawks have five picks as it stands right now in the second and third rounds this year. So it's, you know, they're, they are – already kind of stockpiled with some mid-round picks that i mean look alex debrinkett was a second round pick like they could definitely come they could duncan keith they could definitely come into a position where in the second or third round with one of these picks this year there's a player that is for whatever reason passed over uh and 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 falls out of where they may have you know were projected to fall into the rankings and the blackhawks at i think they're what 38th and 50th or something like that or 47th in the second round, they could have a player fall to them at those positions that they weren't expecting. And it just, you know, you, you, you get into that position and, and uh, you know, I, I think that they are going to 
that's where scouting comes in, comes, yep. comes into play. Like you really have to know your stuff, like top prospects, like you guys, you know, you could roll the dice and find a really good top prospect in these, in these first few picks. But if you can really hit on your second and your third round picks, like that's, that's where a difference is made. Here's 38 and 57 for the 57. Hawks this year in the second round for the record. Here's, here's what we got to remember about this draft. There are a lot of guys here that, pl- that play, that didn't play at all last season. Mm-hmm. OHL mm-hmm. guys that yep. missed an entire year. To be- this is going to be a draft class that in five years is going to be a lot of guys that people are going to go, how the hell was that guy a fourth-round pick? Too high, too how low. How the heck was that yeah. a guy a fifth-round mm-hmm. pick? This is going to be the draft of gems because there are, there are players from all over the world that missed an entire season of development because of COVID. Mm-hmm. The guys that maybe don't look great, but then in three years you're going – Holy cow, we got this guy 110th overall, and he just scored 35 goals for or, us. Yeah, or, or, or there's going to be guys picked number one overall going, what the hell was that? Or late first round. Yeah, there, there, were, there were players that went from North America to you know, lower-level European leagues just to have a season. Yeah. And it's like, how do, you, how do you balance that out yeah, when you're scouting them? This is going to be uh, one of those drafts that is going to be very interesting. People love to do the redrafts. Five yeah. years later, this yeah. is going to be one of those that is going to be like, holy cow. So this is where, be as yeah. you just said, Mario, scouting, scouting, scouting. This yeah. is where you're like, you got to lean on your scouts. And, uh, you know, I feel much more optimistic having Kyle Davidson leaning on the scouts than he who shall not be named saying, that's my guy. There he is. <laughs> I love ah, it. Graphic. I, I, uh, it I was on. I was <laughs> on. Waiting. My, I was on my old show over the weekend. Uh, Blackhawks banner. I'll give him a shout out on uh, on the hockey writers, Gail and Brooke. They invited me on, and I even have them saying he who shall not be named. So Perfect. it's uh, it's nice, great. It's nice. spreading. Maybe that's our great. maybe that's our <laughs> next Blackhawks shirt at the CHGO locker. I he love who it. Should not be named. Uh, so, all right, moving on, Alex DeBrinkett obviously is the Hawks' top uh, trade piece. Now, a guy that, uh, again, listening to 32 Thoughts by Elliot Friedman uh, this morning, new episode dropped this morning, talked about the Ottawa Senators. And Ottawa needs to move, uh, or they would like to move, I guess is a little more accurate. Matt Murray, the goaltender, who's got two years left at $6.25 million, uh, and it might take a first-round pick to do so. But what Friedman said is Ottawa probably wants a quality player back uh, likely a right defenseman. Well, the Blackhawks have Connor Murphy. Mm. And we, Hawks fans, are familiar with having to really swallow that tough pill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, by giving up a lot more to get rid of a contract. And it might sound like you can't trade Connor Murphy for a first-round pick and Matt, Mur- Matt Murray. You might be able to. If they're trying to clear salary and there's no trade partners, number seven... And for Connor Murphy, number seven to Matt Murray for Connor Murphy and maybe plus something else or some mm. uh, salary considerations, something like that, that's a way into the first round for the Hawks potentially. Maybe unlikely, yeah. but Connor Murphy's a really good player with a lot of leadership skills, uh, a very manageable uh, contract that is appealing to a lot of teams, especially ones looking to dump some salary. These are ways, aside from Alex DeBrinkett, to get back into the first round. And maybe it's not this specific pick, mm-hmm. but a lot of teams. We've talked for weeks about Toronto and Peter Morazic, and they need to figure out things with Jack Campbell as well. Like, there's a lot of opportunities for the Hawks to say, hey, you're in a tough spot cap-wise. We've got a lot of cap space. We're trying to get into the first round or the early second round. Let's make something happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even if the Brinkett's not moved, 
keeping your eye on things like that make a lot of sense. But I do think as we're sort of evaluating trade pieces, Connor Murphy to me is a clear number two in terms of value. And I think we have to qualify this by saying Kyle Davidson has said he's not moving anyone with a no movement clause unless they come to him and ask for a trade. So Taves, Kane, and Jones were leaving out of the conversation for now because it's apparent they're not going to get traded by this week, I wouldn't think. Right. And, yeah, I, th- I think if you're looking at, at, at players that are established, worth something, and don't have protections on their contract and, and have a contract, you know, you can't, can't throw, really throw in Dylan Strom or Dominic Kubelik or anything like that, it really does look like Connor Murphy is the most serviceable, worthwhile player that the Blackhawks have that would be available besides Alex Dabrinkit. And yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to a team to try and say, "Hey, we'll help you out with taking a bad contract off your hands and things like that," and they want something in return, if it is in this situation, you know, taking on Matt Murray at full price, I guess, um, and the seventh pick. I mean, Connor Murphy seems like I don't know. I mean, that he seems like he'd be more than that if they're not retaining salary I guess I don't know I I just I I think that that would seem like a you know a little bit much to give up but I guess this is a Blackhawks team see this is my brain thinking well I don't really want to give up Connor Murphy because he's good but this is my Blackhawks brain where I'm like we want we're trying to be good you give up Connor Murphy for Matt Murray in the seventh overall pick you make your team worse and Definitely you will have a better shot at, shot at yeah. top three. With yeah. no Connor Murphy and Matt Murray starting 50 games, that number one pick is getting closer and closer. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, yeah, the seventh overall pick, you can land a pretty good player at, at, at that seventh overall pick, for sure. So Murphy, four years left at 4.4, which is an absolute bargain, assuming he's healthy, which is a tough assumption, right. should point out he does have a 10-team no-trade list. We, are, we don't know who's on that list, mm. um, but just something to keep in mind, he does have a, 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 a modified no-movement clause okay. where he can veto trades to 10 locations. But, like, that something almost but not never full happens. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I, you have 22 teams available, you, you, could, could also, you could find someone. If you wanted to, if you really want to get that seventh pick, you could eat some of Murphy's salary, too. Because if Ottawa's trying to clear salary, it's, it's, it's only a $2 million difference between Murphy and Murray, which is very confusing. Um, <laughs> if you want to say, hey, we'll, we'll pick up another million or a million and a half of Murphy's deal to, make, to sweeten it for you to get that seventh pick, to me, that's very tempting. And you're right. Like, Connor Murphy's a guy, if you're saying, do you want him or not? The answer is, yes, I want him, of mm-hmm. course, for many reasons. But for the seventh overall pick, even in a draft not quite as, as heavy, that seventh pick, whoever it might be, still becomes probably your second best prospect after Lucas Reichel. Or maybe your best. Maybe your best. Yeah. 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 I Well, here's the thing about Murphy. One team maybe to keep an eye out for, again, we'll go back to 32 Thoughts. They had a lot of great stuff about the rumors, so check that really? out. Really? But <laughs> <laughs> I love that podcast. Uh, it's a great podcast. Well, gets my I juices mean, flowing it, every week. Friedman's the best in the business, yeah. so when he says something, I listen. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about the Ryan McDonough trade to Nashville, uh, oh, and that's another thing that confuses me. Why do teams keep trying to help the best teams in the league stay the best teams in the yeah. league? Like, total salary dump. Uh, but uh, Friedman reported that the Columbus Blue Jackets were one of the teams in on McDonough. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't get Ryan McDonough, Connor Murphy's a real nice fit. Connor Murphy is, is McDonough light. Connor Murphy born in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, played in Columbus, their their AAA program. I don't think and Columbus has two first round picks, as we know. They got six that should have been here, <laughs> and they got twelve overall. I don't think twelve. I don't think they're giving up the twelfth overall pick for Connor Murphy, unless they you don't know, something. There's other moving pieces, but. The other thing is about Murphy. Yeah, that, that Ottawa scenario sounds great if it's a thing. Um, I would definitely listen on that. The other issue with Murphy, he seems more like a trade deadline guy. When yeah. teams get desperate, yep. when teams get more willing to give up stuff, when they're like, oh, crap, we we're, have to do something. we're third in the conference and we just lost our number two defenseman. Now, all of a sudden, that becomes more valuable right, than yeah. a draft day. Mm-hmm. Connor Murphy, to me, after having Luke Richardson here last week and talking to him, Connor Murphy, to me, seems like the perfect Luke Richardson-type yeah. player for what he wants to play. Coach on the ice. And the, the veteran leadership this young team is here. So there's a lot of factors. Yes, Murphy is the number two trade chip behind Alex Dabrinkit. But there's so many outlying factors that go into that. Um, you know, the Toronto thing makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Toronto's Toronto, got 25 yeah, this year. Murphy and maybe one of those third-round picks from Marazic in that first pick, I would make that deal. It gets you in the first round, and you get a goalie, you know, that A, is either going to help you get to the number one pick better or could have a bounce. Marazic when healthy, is a, is a pretty good goaltender. Yeah. And again... Trade deadline, Stanley Cup contender loses their goalie. And if Mrazek has that bounce back year, you know, it's going to be tough to look good on this Blackhawks team. But, you know, stranger things have happened. If he can have a good year, maybe that's a guy that you then flip for another second round pick at the trade deadline. Who knows? There's so many moving parts. That's what makes this time of year so much fun to talk about. Um, So, yeah, we have Dabrinkit, obviously best trade chip. Murphy, too. Well, the, well the, real quick on, on the Murphy and Toronto thing, too. That helps the Leafs a lot. Like, Ottawa's one thing. Ottawa's not Connor Murphy away from a cup. The Leafs might be Connor Murphy away from a cup. To bring in a healthy... Depending on what they do with their goalies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They stay at home, shot blocking, leader on the ice. Like, that's like when you look at when the Hawks brought in uh, on the D, like Johnny Oduya. Yeah. Like, they need that one more guy. And up front, they did it with Antoine Vermette. And they did several things like that leading up to Stanley Cups. But you, the point remains, like, they could see that as, all right, we're a little bit weaker on defense than we'd like to be. We're getting in a few too many track meets. Who can we bring in at a cheap price to really solidify? Connor Murphy checks all those boxes. Mm-hmm. Four years left at four and a half. He's 29 years old. That is a perfect time for a team like Toronto to trade for Connor Murphy. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and it also allows the Hawks to help them with their Mrazic problem, free up some cap space, and then bring in a, a first-round pick. That, to me, that's a beautiful move. And, I again, I, I'm not looking to, just like to bring it, I'm not looking to trade Connor Murphy. But if the opportunity comes to solidify your prospect pool, gain some assets, and, frankly, get a goalie in here, which is something they don't have. They don't have an NHL goalie signed right. at this point. They need to get one somehow. Maybe taking on a, a more expensive one than other teams desire is a way to solve that problem while gaining some assets. Well, another thing we got to remember, yes, these are good players. We don't we got we also got to untrain our brains like it's okay to trade good players to get really bad this year in the next couple of years. That's how rebuilds have success. you have to get high high draft picks and trading a Connor Murphy. We are I'm a big fan of his, great guy, great 
he's the type of defenseman you want, but <laughs> for this type of uh, scenario, I'd rather have a top three pick next year. And if trading Connor Murphy gets me closer than that, thanks for your service, Connor. We'll see you when you're here on the road. You know, it's Connor Murphy heritage night. There you go. Uh, and another interesting <laughs> thing about Toronto, again, from that 32 Thoughts podcast, you're not even going to have to listen to it. We're just going to tell We're, you the whole thing. Yeah, we got it. Um, Friedman did mention that, you know, Flurry as a possible going to Toronto this year. And the, one of the biggest reasons it didn't happen last year at the trade deadline is because Kyle Davidson wanted Matthew Nyes, their second round pick, and one of their top prospects in Toronto didn't want to give it up. Uh, that would have so, been nice. Hey, I love my GM shooting for the moon. Ask big, mm-hmm. and if they don't give it to you, you move on. So again, as I as I ripped Kyle Dubas last year, if you're not willing to trade your future to win right now, what are you even doing in, in a market like Toronto? Yep. So we'll see how that all shakes out. All right, as we kind of go through the list here of of trade pieces, uh, it, it's very clear one and two to Brinkhead Murphy. Now we're getting into muddier waters, and as I'm looking through the roster and as I was getting ready for today's show, a name that has been out there. Kind of sprinkled in here and there, boop, 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 little, little dabbles. <laughs> Kirby Doc's name has been out there. Yeah. And I'm very hesitant to give up on Kirby Doc at this point. I think bringing a new competent head coach and a new competent coaching staff could do wonders for him. Yeah. And when you look at, uh, who are we talking about? Kevin Fiala. Mm-hmm. When you look at his timeline, you look at his growth, very kind of a similar trajectory, hopefully, <laughs> that, that Kirby nice. Doc could have. Yeah. An 85-point season would be great. Um, but maybe the Hawks say, you know what, this is a kid that just definitely needs a change of scenery. I bet there's a lot of teams out there that still think a lot of Kirby Doc. Uh, for me, I'm not doing it unless I'm, it's part of a giant, giant trade. But the name's been out there, and if we're talking about the value of the assets, I would put Doc at three. I think that I'm, I'm in the same boat where I'm not willing at this point to cut bait on Kirby Doc. I, 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 for the same reasons, believe a new coaching staff, a new season, being, you know, getting time to be healthy, I think is something that he's just needed and hasn't really had. I think a change of role would also help too. Not having to be shoehorned into being the next top center would, would be good for him, both with his, with his skills and, you know, with his, uh, you know, with his, with his mindset and everything. I, I don't see a team unloading a lot for Kirby Doc because his value right now is at the lowest it's been, even with him being, you know, what, 21 um, and, and and having the rest of his career ahead of him. I think, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see a team unloading a lot for him. Besides he's do a new, he's do, he's, right do, he's do a, a contract. So that, that also plays into it. So yeah, I, I think you could, you could, you could cut bait on Kirby Doc get some stuff for him. I don't think you're going to get anything close to what you got for Brandon Hagel or Alex Brinkett or anything like that. No. Um, I, and I think in, in that position, would I rather see what Kirby Doc can do in another, in, a, in another season, two seasons under Luke Richardson with a new direction, you know, new voice, new coaches, uh, things like that. Or would I rather have like a th- random third round pick or whatever? Like that's, I, that to me, that's a net loss for the Blackhawks. I, I really wouldn't do that. No, I, I agree. And we talk about Kirby Doc could be a guy that needs a change of scenery. Well, he's getting one right here. Yeah, he's yeah, getting this one. Is, getting yeah. Change of he's getting his home. first real NHL coach. Hopefully, I mean, I think Luke Richardson is an NHL coach, definitely compared to Jeremy Colleton. So you know, 
he's getting a change of scenery here. He's going to get a chance. Start over. Start fresh. That's fine. The, 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 and, and listen, you, you give him a qualifying offer. You bring him back for two years. If it doesn't work out, what do you lose? Nothing. You have a yeah. you 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 you, you right. lose nothing. There's no there is no real risk of bringing him back. And nah. if he's bad, he's bad. Then you then you it's better than than trading him off for a third fourth round pick, which is probably all you're going to get from right. him at this point. Yeah, his value will never be lower than right. it is right you don't, now. I don't you think. don't sell low. You trade high. Right. You sell high. You don't sh- trade him now. Um. You, you hope you bring him back and you let him start fresh. You let him get a, a, a competent coaching staff that plays a real NHL system. And, and, and Luke Richardson is a guy that looks at everybody on his roster and coaches them accordingly. Mm. He doesn't try and make everybody fit under the same banner. So that's exactly what Kirby Doc needs. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to see what Luke Richardson does with him. And if, and if he stinks, well, then you know. Um, better than him figuring it out someplace else and regretting that you didn't hold on to him. I I, I, I've seen too many flashes from him. Where you're like, there it is. Mm-hmm. That's what they saw. Like it's the, it's just it's not happening often enough. Um, I also think I don't know how to phrase this. Like it, it, with less of veteran presence around him, he might jump into a more leadership kind of a role. And I think maybe he just needs someone to take him aside and be like, Kirby, we believe in you. We want you to shoot the puck. You don't have to pass all the time. Feel free to generate some offense on your own. It's like someone just needs to grab them and shake them and tell them, like, it's okay. You don't have to always defer. Yeah. And I think when we're kind of projecting out lines for next season, you could really see him and Reichel and another young player together, maybe Philip Kurashev, where he's the veteran and he's the guy who's got the most experience and the most success so far. And he kind of takes that job by the reins and starts to really assert his himself as the leader on that line because the biggest frustration with Kirby for me has been there's a perfect chance to shoot and he doesn't mm-hmm. right like that's a dude he's who's in to his make head. A, he's looking to make a play rather than just yeah putting the, or or he's, the or he's thinking in play stop just shoot a hockey the damn player puck. that thinks is is dead yeah. in the water yep uh, just go on your instincts just to tackle a couple of quick things from the chat yeah here. there's a bunch in there. Uh, Guys, stop with the Seth Jones trade stuff. It's never gonna. It's not, it's not happening. Happen. Just thank you for asking. <laughs> not happening. Nope. Let's move on. Uh, the who was it? Uh, Chucko Mucko says, figure out a way to get Provoski out of Florida. No, thank you. Uh, he's gonna steal too <laughs> many games for you as the Blackhawks goalie. Not interested in a goalie that's gonna come here and help the Blackhawks win next season. He's too so good. He's too good. good. He's too good right now. So mm-hmm. not interested. He'd be and that con- And that contract is too long. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Florida really wants to get rid of it, but. You know, this would be a time where I would love to see the, the rest of the NHL hang a team out to dry for a bad contract. Stop helping good teams stay good. Yeah. I've had enough of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another thing I wanted to mention. in the. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, if you've not heard the big news, uh, Jeremy Colleton is your new head coach of the Abbotsford Canucks. Suck it, Canucks. <laughs> I love him. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Here, let's bring a guy that is like a terrible coach and put us in, put him in charge of our young prospects. Enjoy losing, Vancouver. That's from, uh, yeah, from North I and love then, it. Yeah. F them. And Still then Rafi says, uh, thoughts on Hawks bringing in Colin Hawks, bringing in Colin White. Uh, he was, uh, was he released today or designated? What, uh, what do they call bought it? Bought out. Bought out. Bought out by the hour Senators. Waiver buyout, something like that, by the Tw- Sens. 25 year old center uh, had 41 points. 
in 71 games in 2018-19, but has uh, not had great seasons since then. That's a possibility. I don't know, take a flyer on a yeah. guy at a low price, 25-year-old center. Why not? I know I mean, the Hawks need centers. Sure. Right. So I, I wouldn't be. People I wouldn't play down the middle. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't be upset if they made it, and I won't be mad if they don't. Yeah. You know, that's a guy that is a perfect take guy to bring guys. in at this point of your rebuild. A guy that can play. And if he's bad, he's bad. He helps you get that number one pick. And if he's good, then, hey, maybe you got an asset to move for another second or third round pick. Yep. Right. That's what guys, anybody that's brought in this summer or next summer or even the summer after that is a guy that you have to think is, how can I turn him into something else? Right. If they're not, the if they're not going to be, you know, there, there's going to be players as, and as free agency starts uh, later next week, there will be players that the Blackhawks bring in that you will not need to invest a lot of time in because they'll be here for maybe two thirds of the season spot fillers. And then they'll be traded for, um, for a, a pick or two picks or whatever. Matthias Janmark, Matthias Janmark, Carl exactly. Soderberg. Yep. Those guys you are like, Oh, okay. Well they might, if they pan out great, if they don't, yeah. then we hey. trade them. Actually, if they pan out, it's even better because then they got more value um, at the trade. Value, right. Yeah. So I we mean, got, we got a lot of value from Matthias Janmark. Yeah. We got, we, that worked out well. Absolutely. All right, now we're getting into really murky waters in terms of value. I'm, I'm on the fence between uh, Jake McCabe and Tyler Johnson in terms of trade value. Uh, McCabe yeah. has three years left at $4 million. He has a seven-team no-trade list. Seven, not 17. Seven-team seven. no-trade list. And uh, where'd he go? Tyler Johnson, two years left at five. He has a modified no-trade clause. Uh, full no-trade up to June 15, 2021. That's gone. Um, and then there's a 20-team trade list he has to submit uh, to the Hawks. So 20 teams <laughs> think, he will allow. Nonsense. I think tr- Johnson is harder to move without retaining salary because I think teams that are going to be interested in him probably don't want to have him at full price. So, that, I mean, that would, that's obviously a hurdle that can be gotten over. Um, but McCabe, man, like I really thought he was going to be a lot better than he was last year, and he still might be. I mean, he still might he be was, right. He was coming he off, off a of, huge injury. He's coming, coming off, off a knee injury. injury, he's in a, a a new quote unquote new he place. He got better as the t- as by the end of the season, he was one of their best players. Uh, yeah, that last month of the season when there was nothing really to play for, he was never a guy that I questioned his effort. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. You know for. The, a, a guy that I'd have, I would put even higher value right now than both of those guys would be Dylan Strom's rights. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't think you're going to get much for Tyler Johnson right now. Again, he's another guy coming off a season full of injuries, so maybe that's a guy that the team, a team, will look at at the trade deadline if he's having, a, if he's proven he's healthy and productive. Then maybe that's a team that you can trade at the deadline if you say, "Hey, we're going to take." Cuts down, half their salary. cut down the mm-hmm. term and the and the exactly, and, the money, and we'll yeah. retain half of his salary for next season when you don't care about eating two point seven five million. Uh, McCabe, I don't think you can move that deal at this point. Maybe next off season it becomes a little more if he bounces back and has a more Jake McCabe type season that we saw in Buffalo. He's a guy that's proven he could be a very good defenseman on a bad hockey team. Yeah, he had his, <laughs> I mean, he, he had his best seasons in Buffalo. <laughs> So, he's had lots of experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's a analytics guys love him. So if he can bounce back, that could be a guy maybe next off season you look for. Uh, but I think Dylan Strom's RFA rights are more valuable than either of those guys right now. We'll yeah. see what happens. You know, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think the other thing, too, is you, you need some defensemen that can play in the NHL to start the year. Sure. Yeah. You know, at yes. least for the next season or two. So yeah, you get him. You keep McCabe. If Murphy gets if, traded, if Murphy you have and or McCabe, if Mur- Murphy or McCabe are gone, fine. If you get rid of both of them, then then you're running into the problem where it's just like, well, it's the Rockford Ice. Yeah, or you're or you're signing a free agent that's a, you yeah. know, one of those guys needs player. to stay, and and if not both, I would think both are here. I have a, night. yeah. I also have a feeling that both yeah. will, will be on the opening night roster, but so you'll have McCabe, you, you Murphy, have the Jones. Abil- you have the ability to move guys. one of them. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Strom's RFA rights. I think I don't know the the Fiala deal. Obviously, Kim Fiala is not the player that Dylan Strom is. Or flip that around. Dylan Strom is not the player that Kevin yeah. Fiala is. But it's still it's got them a, a, a pretty good prospect and a first round pick. And I don't know. I got to look at Strom's rights. If it's it's becoming clearer to me that he's not in the plans. There's no extension coming for him. Um, and if that's the case. Get something for him. If you can get like a third round pick for his rights, or a second round pick for his rights, or prospect plus, like you got to get something. Something. If he's not part of your plans, you got to get something. You can't let him just go. For can't nothing. just let him walk. That makes no sense. Um, but yeah, we, that, man, that but be we've been talking. We, but if we, the market's man. if the market's not there, then you can't right. force anything. Well, you, they killed his own. They killed his value last year. The the, the previous first, the, the previous f- regime killed in his the value. first part of the season. Yeah. And no favors. Yeah. Jeremy Cullen had no spot on his roster for Dylan Strom. That's what Derek King said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he was there in those meetings in the preseason, and Jeremy Cullen said, I have no place on my team for Dylan Strom. Once again, have fun, Vancouver. Who finished yeah. the season as their number one center. Clownerton. Can't stand yep. him. Let's, so, I might need a new graphic for him. There's only too. so many names we can't say. Ugh. Because then it just gets confusing. <laughs> right. No, we're only going to keep the Who one. are we talking we'll, about? We'll mention... We can keep mentioning Collinton's name because it's not his fault he was even here in the first place. It was that right. guy's fault that yeah, he was here right, in the right. first place. I blame him for Collinton. You shall not be named. He shall <laughs> not be named. We need a dramatic, big voice, echoey thing. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, we do need that, don't we? We need big voice guy here to do it. He who shall not be named. There you go. There like, you go. Not like big enough. Jack of all trades. We need, we need, we need okay. like God from we need the Ten echo. Commandments. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's man. This week is gonna be to be fun. I'm gonna, it's gonna be one of those where I'm on my phone all week, and my wife will have very important conversations with me, and I'll be like, "Huh? <laughs> what? I'm yeah. sorry. I'm looking at yeah, trade rumors and all sorts yeah. of stuff." I have already uh, told yeah, 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 uh, yeah. my better half that um, yeah, this week just don't count on me for anything. I, you know what? The, gonna I be just, busy. Gonna before be we wrap up, the Strom thing, it just it just bugs me because they're gonna end up like at best flipping his rights for a third or fourth round pick and it's like he's just better than that yeah. he's a better player than that and the league doesn't really seem to believe that it's funny when you like look up dylan strome on twitter to see if any trade rumors have popped up or whatever there's like nothing there well there's not but then there's fans in other cities that are like yeah we should absolutely get dylan strome there are fans that believe but it just feels like people around hockey are just not sold and i don't know like yes he's not the strongest skater Yes, he has some problems staying engaged. I get that. But, like, he's still, like, a 60-point guy. And who knows yeah, what he's like I, I on a good team. Yeah, he has trouble staying engaged, but he hasn't exactly played for if, any, like, if you're on great a, teams yet. If you're a good team and you have Dylan Strom as, like, your third-line center, yeah. that's pretty good. Yes. That's Colorado might be lo- losing some guys soon. Maybe Dylan Strom's a guy right. you He's also a noted he's a Blue, Blue Jays, Jays fan. fan. Well, so this, if he wants right to go here, to Toronto. Right here immediately and, made... 
Maple Leafs Twitter go, well, he's coming to Toronto because the entire world revolves around the Toronto Maple Leafs. But he lives in Toronto. Kudos to uh, to Dylan for rocking the powder blue Blue Jay jersey. Those yeah, are beautiful. those are maybe the best jerseys in all of baseball right now. I love them. Uh, more powder blue. We need more powder blue in the NHL. We don't have any. You're right about that. We need some powder. At least blue. you get the some blues. powder blue, uh, you know, throwbacks or something. Or uh, what do they call those reverse like retro? The blues, the blues retros are the, the powder blue ones. Yeah, but they're the blues. It's more of a yeah. Columbia yeah. blue. Get out of here. It's not, I oh wouldn't exactly gosh. say powder, and it's the blues, and anything the yeah, blues yeah, do is gross. That's yeah. true. Yeah. They immediately we need a team that I blue. actually would like at least buy yeah. a t-shirt for. Get yeah. some powder blue. The uh, closest thing we Columbus. have are those Columbus third jersey's which i love with Na- the it's navy and cream and yeah, powder I love blue those colorado had like a blue grayish kind of a third two for a while no we need some powder blues yeah, yeah. all right let's get on it yeah uh narfin before we wrap up says <laughs> i feel like Derek king was throwing shade at strom when you guys had him on and when he made the mention about evaluating guys from the team saying along the lines of guys who can only play with certain guys i think when you look at the hawks last year he was basically saying like, well, Dylan Strom only puts up numbers when he's with Kane and DeBrinkett. Well, join the effing club. That was the entire team. Right. Nobody else on the team could right. score. So did Philip so Kershaw. I, I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a fair evaluation. It just goes to show you how thin they were at, at forward. Nobody was producing except those three. And yes, of course, he's going to produce more when he's with two of the best players in the league. You can put me out there, I'm going to get 25 points, Yeah, right? Like, it's just it's going to happen by osmosis. If he's not on that line, who's he passing the puck to that's giving him assists? Exactly. Nobody. Yeah, there's just right. no one on the team. Like, Kubelik had a down year. He wasn't scoring. Uh, Kurashev was completely inconsistent. Doc, we've discussed many, many times. Yeah. Like, there's just Taves no one else. wasn't producing. Yeah. There was nobody to pass the puck to besides and, 12 and 88. Right. So, I, th- I thought even when King said that, it was a little bit unfair because when you look at the roster, like – my God, who else is going to put the puck in the net? There's mm-hmm. nobody. There's nobody. So I think that was a bit of an unfair criticism on Strom. I also think, like, he looks sleepy. He just has kind of like a yeah, yeah. a sleepy vibe to him. But if you ever talk to him, he's incredibly intelligent, he incredibly sleep- he enthusiastic. He was sleepy at that baseball game. I, get, <laughs> I worked with a guy at the score who thought that I had, like, a disinterested face. Mm. Some like resting dis- disinterested face <laughs> RDF, and it's like I I can't help the way my face looks. I right, just yeah. you know it doesn't mean I don't care. I'm just I'm just that's how I look. I'm sorry. Dylan Strom has that similar kind of like the sleepy eyes, and but he is uh he's I don't know we talking to him. He's a totally he it comes off totally different than he looks, which is totally yeah. unfair. But people look at the, the well, people that way. Yeah, people. That's what they see. Yeah, they don't. The don't nine, judge a book by its cover. Ninety-nine percent of the uh, Blackhawk fans don't get the opportunity to talk to a Dylan Strom yeah. off the ice. They just see making his sleepy face on the bench after every. Play. Could you put the picture back up of the Blue Jays game with Dylan Strom, Lawrence? Now tell me that guy doesn't have energy. <laughs> That's an f off. Go That's f a, yourself. Yeah. That right there. <laughs> that looks like the most energy he exudes after scoring. That looks like every dude at a Cubs game in the bleachers, except wearing a Blue Jays jersey. Like, yes, and most. That, that and is not holding a, field a stupid Cubs I've ever snake. Seen one. Most. Yep. Uh, all right, and Nate, real quick, uh, if Davidson thinks he's worth more than a third and still has rights, why not just resign him and then flip him later? I would do that. The thing is, though. You're not re-signing Strom to a flippable contract because he, I don't think from his side, he's saying, oh, yeah, give me another bridge deal. I think he's like, no, I've proven twice now that I can play in this league and be a serviceable player, and I don't need to do another two-year, $3 million deal. Like, 
he I'm sure at this point of his career he's going to say I want 3 yeah. 4 5 years whatever it is. What's the, is it 4 million his qualifying offer? Yes. I believe. For, yes. I would sign million. him for 2 years 4 million, but does he want 2 years? That's I don't think he's yeah, I don't think true. he's going to he just He doesn't want to sign it. a contract to get traded. I just don't know but who's going to give him more than that at this point? I don't I think he'd take right. less than that that's to get a, 4 that's, years. Maybe that's he another takes thing that much too. to get traded. That's just another, get me out of here and I think the other thing is maybe there could be more to this. This is this isn't backed up by really anything other than by my own thoughts. I wonder if the Blackhawks maybe are working with Strom and saying like, "Hey, like, we can't give you this term, this amount. You can see if other teams are going to give you anything more in free agency. But if they don't, we'll give you this. Like, if 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 he goes to unrestricted free agency, doesn't get the deal he wants, and the Blackhawks come back to him and say, "Hey." Here's the deal we offered you the first time, like, or we want to offer you. That is a risk for the Hawks, right? Because sure, because then he, you, he and then you get nothing for free for him. If, he, if he does get the deal he wants. But I think, but there might not be a market out there for yeah, him. Yeah, I, I mean, free agency starts a week from tomorrow. I would, I think that Dylan Strom's agent probably knows what's out there for him. I'm sure. And I think yeah. when we see what happens at the draft, we'll we'll know. You know, right? Yeah, we'll know what the what the market was for Dylan Strom. All right, we are a bit over time. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We just want to remind everybody about what's happening this week. Tomorrow, Phil Thompson's going to join us in studio. It's going to be a lot of fun. Going to talk to Phil. He's been wanting to come on the show forever. Awesome guy. I think the, the wife to do list is growing. And yeah, growing, so he wants to come. And down if you remember, Phil Thompson was the one who incited. That's a bad word because it wasn't Phil's fault. But he's the one that pissed off Rocky Wirtz last year by daring to ask about the sexual assault. Well, he was uh, the guy that went in case. second. Yeah. He, yeah, he was the one who was like, wait a minute, you yeah. didn't answer that question. Yeah, yeah. How about you answer it? He was so, so, yeah, Phil, Phil's been killing it Phil, on the beat. Phil's so. a great guy. I'm looking forward to having him here. We're looking forward to that. Uh, then Thursday, we'll be live at 5.30 for the first round of the draft. We're going to be live during the draft. Entire first round, we will have it here. Regardless if the Blackhawks pick or not, we yes. will get you through all 32 picks of the first round. And then we're going to have some guests jumping in with us. I know we've already confirmed Joe Brand will be on with us. We're working with the Hawks to get some other people involved. Uh, then Friday, we're gonna the draft starts at 10 a.m. We're going to be live for rounds two and three. Live during those rounds, Hawks have a bunch of picks there. Then, once the entire draft concludes, we'll be doing a live reaction show Friday night. So you're going to have three three long shows in two days for us on Thursday and Friday around the draft. Next week is Prospects Camp, Prospects Camp and Free Agency Opening. These next two weeks are going to be the busiest of the offseason, so make sure you do not miss an episode of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. The best way to do that, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Turn on those notifications so you don't miss a second. We are going to have a ton of guests, a ton of surprises. We're going to hope to hear from some draft picks, some people in the Hawks front office. It's going to be absolute nobody, mayhem. You're not going to want to miss a second. Nobody in Chicago is covering the NHL draft like the three of us are going to. So don't go anywhere. Don't turn on. Don't even turn on the NHL network Thursday night. <laughs> Come here. We're going to yep. do it better. We're going to have it covered for you. And just want to give you one final reminder that we are presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. We're good, right? We got all of our reads done. Yes. Everything is complete. Awesome. Lawrence, thanks for steering the ship yeah. for us today. Oh, okay. Thanks for thanks making for me the hungry. He, yeah, and the he who shall not be named graphic was outstanding. Sure. And yeah. we will talk to you Wednesday at 11 a.m. with Phil Thompson right here in studio 
on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.